the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And today it's not just The Word to Stand On for Life. It's the date day edition of the program, which means beautiful Paula is live in studio with us. So ladies, it is particularly your day. If you have any questions or if there's anything you need encouragement about, all you have to do is dial 210 340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free by dialing 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and send in your questions that way. Um, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, sweetie. Beautiful, Paul, I should say. You know, every time you say that, it's like, thank you. That was really sweet. I appreciate it. It's true. I'm a, I'm, I'm a truth teller. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you've got some things in your heart. we got a call waiting. So let's take a phone call, and then we'll get to the stuff that's on your heart. Ruben from Seguin, our friend on line what? one. Thanks for calling. You're on the air. How are y'all doing? Ruben, we're doing well. How are you? I am blessed. Uh, before I start, before I start, I just must say I really enjoy the. I could feel the love that you have for your wife, and the love that your wife has for you, and then the love of God that just mm-hmm. emits from the from the from the airwaves, and that that spirit just it just like I don't know. It just it blesses me. It blesses oh, me. Thank I you, say, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I say, Lord, because I'm single, and that's mm-hmm. what I want in a relationship. And I just say, Lord, I don't know how to say it, that I want it, because then that sounds like envy, and I know I shouldn't envy. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, 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 kind of, that's, a, that's, that's holy envy, Ruben. Don't worry about that mm-hmm. at all. Your motive is holy good. Your heart is good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know well, the, I, I just, the idea I just wanted here. to say that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I, I love Paula. I hope that's clear. But she's stuck with me, so um, she can't get out. <laughs> and I'm not looking to. Yeah. And you know how Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That wasn't a pride kind of a thing either. Um, and we can envy, and I do envy his walk with the Lord. And so, yes, I would love to be able to emulate Paul's um, relationship with the Lord uh, as your saying you want to emulate the relationship Ron and I have with each other. So thank thank you, Ruben. What's on your heart? Y'all help me pray that I find a, a good woman that I could love like that. But uh, I called Friday, and I had a couple of questions, and unfortunately I called too late. But, uh, okay, 
I'm in first no uh, I can't, I, it was okay first Samuel and then I'm in second Samuel. The first question I have comes from first Samuel. I believe it's seventeen when uh, I believe Saul was after David and he went to a certain city. I don't remember what city it was, but there were a bunch of men. The Bible says that they were just prophesying. And then when Saul got there looking for David, he began to prophesy. Uh, but he was looking for David to kill him. So my question is, uh, what were they prophesying? Like to me, a prophecy, when you're prophesying, you're giving a word of knowledge of, from God. And but it says that a whole bunch of people were doing it, and then Paul, I mean Saul, started doing it. So my first question is, what do you know by any chance what exactly they were prophesying, or was that just something that God used to let David escape? And then in Second Samuel, I kind of got I don't know. I was reading where where Absalom was after David, and then. Uh, you know, he he was. Why did he become so afraid of his own son? Did I miss something in the readings that you know Absalom did to David that made him so afraid of his own son that he actually left his own kingdom? And then uh, to me, it kind of—I don't know if I read it wrong. It just kind of made it sound like David gave up the kingdom and just handed it over to Absalom, and he just everything that happened was his own fault. I mean, and I know that, I mean, that's probably wrong, but could you explain that to me? And then I'll listen to yeah. the app that I finally downloaded. <laughs> Thank you, Ruben. God bless you. Appreciate it. A couple of things, you know, um, when, when uh, David was afraid of Absalom, it was because Absalom had uh, consol- consolidated a lot of power. And, you know, one of the things about David is even in his dark moments and even when he was... Um, doing the wrong thing, running away instead of standing and fighting, instead of seeking the Lord. He was just, he was sort of putting it in God's hands. Um, it happened earlier with Shimei, and, and he'd say, well, you know, who knows, but maybe he's speaking uh, directly from the Lord. Uh, he was willing to put his future in the hands of God. Now, there's good and there's bad in that, in the sense that uh, we should all be willing to put our hands, our future in the hands of God. Um, but 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 God's not a fatalist God. He he gives us direction, Reuben, and we know what to do. David was simply at that point; his heart was broken because of the betrayal. Uh, David had had not taken advice from other people about how to deal with Absalom, and the, and the situation just got worse and worse. So you got a combination of guilt, you got a combination of of uh, David just being a terrible terrible dad, uh, and then the reality. Of the circumstances, his young son, who was a uh, a warrior, his young son was uh, very strong now, and and uh, at least on the appearance of circumstances, it looked like he was going to be the new king, and David would be pushed out. So David is simply saying on the way out, "Look, I'm going to go. Um, if this is what God's plan is for me, so be it. Uh, but if God wants to stand with me, He will." Uh, and that was the good part of it, because David was one of those guys who trusted that God would direct his steps. And so he was just saying, look, circumstances look bad, uh, but I'm going to leave this in the hands of God instead of trying to fight and, and, and keep the throne myself. I'm going to let God determine who's his king. So that was a good thing. Uh, the earlier passage that you pa- talked about with uh, Saul prophesying, I think you hit it on the nail or hit the nail on the head there, Reuben. Because uh, I think what um, uh, God was doing was just using his power and his people, the, the school of prophets that was there, uh, to, to keep Saul from being successful in, in pursuing David. And what they were prophesying, there's, we have no word. We know that the, the, the school of prophets, they would have been prophesying uh, the word of God, the foretelling or the foretelling of God's word. Um, maybe, who knows, what they were prophesying was was, um, you know, you won't catch up to David. David is God's chosen king, which would have infuriated him all the more. But when the Spirit of God came upon him in this particular case, it was to prevent him from going any further or being successful in his pursuit of David. So good questions, Reuben. Keep reading. I appreciate it very, very much. 340-9585 for your live calls. Paula, now it's your show. Oh, cool. 
Well, with next Thursday being Thanksgiving, we kind of seem to have this theme um, every year that we want to prepare people for Thanksgiving. Um, of course, wake up every day and you can find something to be thankful about. Um, and so today I was thankful, one, that I woke up, <laughs> two, that I, I slept pretty okay, um, three, that you were there next to me, and four, that we didn't have to get up and rush, um, five, the car had gas enough to get us. I mean, you know, you could just, and I think that's what the Lord really wants for us, just to be thankful for each and everything that he has provided for us. And if Paul says in everything, good things. Mm-hmm. we can just remember that, you know, I could go to my little water cooler thing and there's a red one on there now because we got a new water cooler, the guy, and that was a blessing to you. The, the water deliverer guy just gave us a new machine and had the, the red one on there so I can get hot water without having to wait. Pastor Rob, for the for the water at our sink to get hot, but uh, just every little thing, um, in that you're feeling better. Um, breakfast was was good. I got back to this side of town. I mean, just everything. Lord, thank you for being in the car with us. I, I had a little bag for a handout today, and nobody was there. <laughs> and uh, but it's thank you, Lord, for providing. Just all things. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, except that this is that time where a lot of people struggle. Um, you know, if you've lost loved ones or if you have family members who still insist on coming to your home, but they, don't, they still don't want to have anything to do with Jesus, um, and you get uncomfortable. And so this is that time of year where we kind of, I pray, we can hopefully help you to navigate your time uh, with family and friends with Jesus at the center. Yeah. I hate to say it, but, but just because it seems so soon, um, it, it just seems like it was last Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving sort of fishy kicks off the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people who struggle. Yeah. You know, people that, as you mentioned, have lost loved ones. Um, who Some of them for the first year, this will be their first Thanksgiving and their first Christmas without uh, somebody in their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be others who um, just seem to fall into sort of a funk um, this time of year, and they get more and more depressed throughout the year mm-hmm. uh, or throughout the holiday season. Um, and I, I just think it's time for us to, to to do what we can to break those patterns if they exist in your family, mm-hmm. if they exist in your life. We, we've got to be men and women who... Wake up! My study last night was we we've got the light of Christ in us. It's our job, our account, our responsibility, but also our privilege to to um, let that light shine. Um, we're gonna we're gonna stand before Jesus and, and explain why we did or why or how we did or why we didn't. Um, and and I, I just think we we've we've got to realize that that there's a power living in us, the power that raised Christ from the dead that is so ready to deliver you from the everyday, every year doldrums of holidays uh, and instead just be grateful for the little things that God has done and continues to do. I don't, uh, I'm not a holiday person, as you know. Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much routine, so when the routine is disrupted, that, that always makes me uncomfortable. Um, but uh, I get to see the hand of God move so much as we have a, a lady in our, our, our life follow who her and her husband give uh, um, as many Thanksgiving dinners as they can afford mm-hmm. to uh, to us just to, to, to provide to single moms in the church or other people, mm-hmm. staff members who mm-hmm. have been doing without because finances have been really tough. Um, and, and, you know, it just it just demonstrates that God is always at work in the hearts of people, uh, not just this time of year, but always. So I think you're right. It's time for us to think about things that we're grateful for mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we have a, a list here at our church two lists actually one for those who might possibly be alone who don't want to and another list of those who don't want you to be alone and so you get we kind of join them up together but um, for those who are the sad ones you know um, this is a great time to, it's not one of those, you know, pull up your bootstraps and get, it's not that at all. 
Um, but it is, if you'll focus on serving another, you'll realize you're really actually, Jesus is in you serving others. And it will also bring you up. Um, and so please do so. Um, and this is a great time. You know, the, the more you isolate yourself, the more the enemy's going to beat you to smithereens. And having that pity party, and, and please don't think I'm just saying, you don't understand, Paul. I do understand. I remember when your mom died. You know, she died on December 17th. Eight days later, it's Christmas. And we still all get together, and we're sitting at the table, and her place is empty. And we're all kind of like, and she was my best friend. You know, she loved me so much. She loved you, Ron, too, but, you know, she understood if, if I divorced you and came to live with her. <laughs> In fact, that was her, her admonition. You and the boys come live with me. You know, nobody will blame you for divorcing my son. He's, he's a jerk. Okay, yeah. But anyway, um, that first Christmas was just traumatic. We're all sitting there with just stares across the table and, you know, trying our best not to just focus on the fact that Peggy wasn't there, but life life goes on, and and to you know we had the kids, and we could all sit around crying, um, and yet we still got together, and we remembered the good stuff. You know, Paul, I haven't thought about that in a long, long time. Um, I wasn't a believer yet, as you know, when my mom died, and I was just angry. Um, uh, unbelievers, we, you know, we we blame God for stuff like that, and. I was just angry, and I think the thing that made me the angriest was that life went on. I know. My heart was shredded, mm -hmm. and everybody else was going through life like everything was okay. And see, that's the, per that's the perspective, too. When you're hurting, you think everybody else is okay, when that's not the truth. Everybody was, is, was hurting, Christian or non-believer. Everybody's hurting, but when you're in that place where you hurt, you think, you're the only one, and nobody else yeah. understands. I mean, not ju I'm not talking yeah, I, just you. I know. The, the, nature, the nature of, yes, of that yes. kind of pain is, is just you, you deal with alone if you don't have Christ. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, I think my point was, as Christians, uh, we don't need to fall into that trap. Um, you know, we know he's always with us. We know that his power is always available to us. And I think if we run the risk of sort of shutting him out of our lives just because we don't feel good, there are people right now, today, planning on their season of depression that begins with Black Friday mm -hmm. and goes till th through the end of the year, and I can't wait till it's over kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's time to break those, those ruts. It's, it's time to, to realize that that period of time, uh, th those are days and nights that we owe to the Lord. There are days and nights that he wants to use us to win others to Christ. There, 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 there are days and nights that, that we have um, the answers that other people are seeking. And if we shut ourselves off, you know, sort of take our ball and go home because mm -hmm. we don't like it or mm -hmm. because we feel bad, um, then, then we're letting the enemy um, win the battle. And I just think we really have to, to focus on... Jesus, I said last night a couple, three times in the study, that instead of looking out and around, we got to look up. Mm -hmm. And in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. That's what the Bible says. And, and we either believe that or we don't. And every time we find ourselves falling into one of those holiday funks, uh, the, the reality is that, that we're not in the presence of the Lord. We, um, we, I've been telling, especially the single well, I would call probably more the widows, the older widows, adopt a family, you know. Um, you can make, you know, the things you used to do when your husband was around. Um, it, maybe if you don't even have kids around anymore, adopt a family and, and be grandma to them. Uh, it's just, and, and a couple of ladies have taken, taken that role on. They've gone out and bought um, Christmas gifts you know, they find out how many kids and ages and sexes of, of their kids, and they want to be the ones to go and buy them Christmas gifts. That gets them up, out of the house, a purpose, and it blesses them. And so, so you can do that kind of a thing. You can pray for people just to give you a, a different focus, a different perspective of how God 
um, still, though you're in a different season, he still wants to use you in a great way. And please don't sit around by yourself. That's what I'm basically saying. And come to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. And when's our, uh, our, our Christmas dinner thing that we have? You remember that day? Because I want everybody to come to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll get that in December. It's a little little mm-hmm. too far away now, but but it's in December, and it's a big deal uh, at the Church Community Center. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, um, you know, Paul, a couple of things. I um, uh, We have a small house. I just found out today that <laughs> you've invited more people over, and we, you're going to have to sit some of them outside mm-hmm. uh, this year. So, um, you know, we we can't let the enemy be in control. And um, I'm a little bit more logical than you are. And so when, when I see people go into these kinds of, of depressed seasons, um, what I want them to do is identify the source of that and snap out of it. I know it's not as easy as that, but it is when Jesus is the one who's doing it. And we need to realize that the truth of the matter is when I'm feeling really down and I'm all by myself and I'm I'm feeling sorry for for myself for the circumstances. Then the truth is, I have no idea where Jesus is in my life right then, mm-hmm. because I've lost His presence. Mm-hmm. I've walked away from it. All I got to do is walk back to it. That's the easiest thing in the world to remember. If you find yourself feeling like that, you're walking in the wrong direction from Jesus. So turn around, which is what repentance is. Mm-hmm. Turn around and walk back toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions or calls or need any encouragement, whether it's uh, our regular callers and questions, or ladies who uh, might benefit from what Paul is about to say, we're uh, inside of five minutes for this half of the program. So, Paula, go on. You know, um, I wanted to look at uh, Psalm twenty three because uh, as we're walking through <clears throat> our life, even you know, uh, I remember for me for the longest time. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, some of this behavior is learned behavior because in my house, um, growing up, my parents weren't Christians. And um, it seemed like every year before Thanksgiving, kind of what you're talking about, just the tension in our home would escalate. I don't know if it was because, you know, Christmas is coming and we're they're going to spend too much money. You know, um, I, I don't know what it was, but it seemed like the the, the arguments would get louder, um, more, you know, just vocal and uglier. Um, and, and Christmas, by the time Christmas came, it was not fun. It wasn't fun at all. I, that, that part about, you know, uh, Christmas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, the Grinch that stole yeah. the Christmas. That's kind of where we were. Paul, let's take a phone call. We got Mary holding on line one. Mary, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Um, I just wonder, um, when did evil come into existence? Because uh, obviously it was in existence even before Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder when it, you know, came into existence and almost like why. <laughs> you know, you almost mm-hmm. wish it was something that never came about. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Jesus, Paul said, so does Jesus wish it was something that never came up. Mary, we, we don't have a, a chronology of evil. We don't know when Satan's fall was, um, um, when, when the rebellion in heaven was. But I can tell you the source of it was choice. Um, one thing that is clear about our God is he never forces anyone nor any being, supernatural or otherwise, he doesn't force anyone to love him. And so it was always God's plan to give people a choice. Now, I've got a really strong opinion about this. And I personally believe that when God made Adam and Eve um, on the sixth day, um, and and um, um, Satan, Lucifer then, saw how magnificent they were, we're told in Ephesians chapter 2 that, that uh, we humans are God's workmanship, his, his poem or his expression of creativity, um, and, and God was so pleased. And I think when, when Lucifer saw how thrilled God was with humanity, with, with the entrance of Adam and Eve, I think that's when God sort of activated Lucifer's free will choice to choose who he was going to serve. And, and he chose to get 
uh, jealous and envious. I think he got angry. He was, according to uh, Ezekiel 28, God's brightest and most beautiful creation. And, and suddenly he no longer was. It was Adam and Eve who were the new thing in God's life. And while God still loved all of the angels, I think that's when evil came. Uh, that's when you get, read the, the, the I wills of Satan. I will cast my throne above the Most High. Uh, and that's when evil entered the world. And God could have dealt with it right there. And he could have just wiped out the angels that fell. Um, but, but instead he chose to use them to provide a choice for humanity. Um, because obviously as men would go forth and multiply, uh, they too had to have a choice about whether they were going to serve God or whether they were going to serve themselves. And evil was always there, but it was activated when we got free will. And Mary, I think personally, uh, that's the occasion. Um, there's no way to prove that, but uh, I believe that very, very strongly. Paul, you have anything to add? Wow, and it just keeps increasing because that's where we are right now. For a Christian to stand up and say, this is right and this is wrong. Yep. The world who wants to go the wrong way says, I'm jealous. Yep. I hate you. Yep. We've got 30 minutes left in the program. 340-9585. You're listening to the Date Day edition of the Word of Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to our final 30 minutes of the date day edition of the program 340-9585 paula you are talking about <laughs> psalm 23 oh yes um actually we were going to go there that was did I overtalk the break? The music starting. I'm just steady talking. <laughs> it's my show. Got the nerve to have a commercial, right? <laughs> See, that's a that's a computer. That's a hard break. So you get cut off. You could just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, and I was. So anyway, yes, yeah, Psalm 23, uh, where you know I, what I was saying at my home. It, it was kind of crazy. The 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 grouch that stole Christmas lived there. I, I remember one year, the tree didn't get decorated right, and this really happened. My mom dragged that tree out to the driveway and lit it on fire. I was like, oh, my goodness, in the middle of the driveway. Merry Christmas to to us. And the neighbors were like, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. The neighbors were like, oh, my goodness, but they didn't dare say anything. They were scared to death of her, too. But anyway... Yeah, so that's that falling into that funk is kind of like learned behavior, and um, I have to really work hard at not falling into that as well because those thoughts and that feeling just kind of comes, and you got to say, okay, come on, the Lord has a greater plan and purpose for me, so I need to get up. So uh, Psalm 23 has been amazing, of course. And it's, everybody knows this one. The Lord is my shepherd. And in the New Living Translation, the next verse says, I have all that I need. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I'm not talking, you know, materialistic stuff. But, but you're not excluding materialistic no, things not. either. So, yeah. so I, I, that's, that's one of the places where, I mean, we get so used to quoting this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm -hmm. um, and so it sounds strange to hear it that way. Mm -hmm. But that's actually a, a, a better working yeah. uh, translation of yeah. that. I have everything that I need. The mm -hmm. truth is we don't believe we do. Mm -hmm. I have everything that I need. Um, I was, you know, minister to people and say, no, 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 you're not going crazy. Yeah, this, this, the way you feel is, is really happening. But you have the mind of Christ. You know, we have the mind. Of, you're not crazy. You have the mind of Christ. You have all that you need. And it goes on to say, he lets me rest in green meadows. The The thing is, and you mentioned a choice, um, he lets me rest. Do I want to rest would be for me. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And so if we follow him, he's going to lead us in the way of peace. Um, he renews my strength. 
Oh, my goodness. You know, that's been my word. Reboot, refresh, revitalize, <laughs> renew, refuel. He renews my strength when I come to him and let him lead me beside the peaceful streams and rest in the green meadows. That's the only way I can renew my strength. That doesn't mean uh, doing nothing, but that means getting my focus on him, living for him and not me. Because when I am focused on me, I'm zapped of strength totally zapped of strength. When I'm focused on him and others, he renews my strength. Yeah, here, here's a place where I think the New Living Translation misses it. Okay. Um, he, he lets me lie down in green meadows. It says we're, we're familiar with pastures, mm-hmm. but but it's forceful. It's, it's imperative in Hebrew. He makes me. Mm-hmm. And we have to do that. He knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes he might have to... to smack us around a little bit, figuratively speaking, to, to make us sit down and take some time and to rest mm-hmm. and be renewed and restored. But he makes us. It's mm-hmm. not one of those things where he's forcing us to do a bunch of stuff because he also makes us to take that time where we can be restored. You and I had a conversation about this a long, long time ago uh, about these green pastures. You know, we think about this idyllic picture, the scene of, of serenity. Uh, but a pasture is a place to eat. Mm-hmm. To graze, mm-hmm. he'll 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 make you sit still, and and throw the Bible in your hands, mm-hmm. and say, "I want to talk to you." You know, get get, get some food here, yeah. and um, the truth is, as he makes us lie down those green pastures, uh, it's only because he does that that he can lead us beside quiet waters, and and because this is a, a the psalm of a shepherd, uh, sheep wouldn't cross um, a, a water stream that was moving. They're terrified of moving water, mm-hmm. so they just kind of sit there paralyzed. And when it's really still, they can see their reflection in the water, and they have no problem going across it. Um, but but in this particular case, um, God says, you know, there's always stirring water. So if you walk with me, I say, just be with Jesus mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. If you walk with me, we're going to quiet those waters down. And, of course, everybody listening to this ought to have that image of Jesus saying, peace be still, mm-hmm. and the wind and the waves stopped, and they thought, ooh, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, if if we'll let him take us where he wants us to be, he'll strengthen us, he'll take away our fears, and then the result of that is a restored soul mm. and, and, and just sort of peace. And when we're at peace, then we can reflect on the first verse. You know what? I have everything I need. Mm-hmm. There's some things I want, but mm-hmm. God, I can live without those things. Mm-hmm. Because what I really need is you, yeah. and I have your presence. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, talking about this, falling to, to that funk, you know, you want family for Thanksgiving and stuff. Okay, so we would have family coming, but then it would be just this anger of, i got to fix everything. I got to clean my house. You know what I'm saying? It just, the enemy came in, just stirred it all up. It's like, well, why do we have people over in the first place? Kind of a thing that getting busy and, but we just forgot to be grateful. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you think women, um, when they're hosting Thanksgiving parties for family or Christmas parties for, do you think there's pressure to perform? Do you think they, 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 they're putting pressure on them? It's like, well, well, everybody's going to be judging me. Everybody's going to be mm-hmm. seeing how I did. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to be tasting my food. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think they put pressure on themselves? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, did you do your Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving? You know, because that was our thing. I was, I was black, I was a Democrat, and you put your tree up <laughs> on the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and if it didn't turn out right, evidently you bring it out in the driveway and you set it on fire because <laughs> you got people coming and the thing wasn't right, so just forget it. So, yeah. Uh, I, I'm laughing because Paul and I, we laugh about this all the time. It, it took her getting born again to realize that she didn't have to be a Democrat. She thought she was being black. <laughs> I thought this, you just, that's where you were born, you know? <laughs> For people who are born into religion, they think the same way. But anyway, yeah, uh, so. Let me go on. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You know, that's the whole key, um, bringing honor to his name. And so, Lord, thank you that I could go over to the store, get everything I need for all the guests that I know are coming and those that I don't know who are coming. Bless the food that there's going to be enough. And um, 
may may nobody get sick. <laughs> I, I get worried every year Why? because the number of people that come to our small house <laughs> I know grows. What you're going to say. Yeah. And, that and means... every time you say goodbye to them, mm-hmm. I mean, they're there for a long time, but mm-hmm. then everybody's cleaning up and, mm-hmm. and, and, and every one of them walks out with a, <laughs> a bag of leftovers and, and I'm trying to love them. I know you are. I'm trying to love them, but all I'm thinking is, there goes my turkey dressing, <laughs> my turkey sandwiches are walking out the door. What? I, I love you, but my goodness, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, you so love me? don't you love me? And, and then I'm half mad at you by the time everybody leaves. Like, what are you doing? I want a turkey sandwich. So, I got a big turkey, but we do have a lot let of Let me people remind coming. myself. The uh, Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. <laughs> here's another one. You can say this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, as my turkey sandwiches are leaving, no, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. I, I really do love that. Even when you walk through those scary times, um, we don't have to be afraid. I know I'm afraid. I'm a fearful person. Um, but that's the time when I really, really, that's why this Psalm 23 is so important, has been so important here of late. Um, realize that he's close beside me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. If I ever feel any distance, it's because I forgot. I forgot. And then it goes on to say, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And I like it in the New Living Translation in this one. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. This one I don't really care for that much. We've got a call? Take, yeah, let's take a break here, okay. Paul. We've got a call. Let's go to Harold calling on line one from San Antonio. Harold, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. I just tuned in a few minutes ago, and I got the idea about the turkey dinners and stuff. And it is true. <laughs> it is uh, stressful, even after all these years, you know. And so <laughs> I got ahead of the game, and I promised wifey, you know, my wife, Diana said, you know, I told her, you know, don't even worry about making eyeballs at me and who's doing the dishes. I promise you, I am going to do all the dishes. And so that made things a little bit, even after 45 years of marriage, (laughs) you know, she needed that little break. And the other thing I wanted to say real quick is, if you don't mind, um, my shift had changed a little bit, and I'm getting to work a little bit earlier, and I tune into your 5 o'clock radio, well, not a Bible show, in the mornings. And i got to say, it's really informative, and I really like listening to it. You know, you talk about a lot of history and, you know, things in the Bible. I don't mean Bible as history. I just mean things that happened in the Bible, <laughs> you know. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. I, You know, and then in the evenings, I'll go home and, Look up a verse or two, and then the NIV, 1984, all that's going on right now. But anyway, I better let you go. I know you're, I'm just kind of hyper, I guess. I'll talk to you later. That's a, thank you, Harold. God bless thank you. Thank you, Bye-bye. Harold. You just went uh-huh. up a whole big notch in my eyes. You're going to do the dishes after Thanksgiving? That's a big job right there. If you got, yeah, that's now, a lot of. If, if I tried to do dishes, yeah, what well, would happen? Yeah, no. I don't let you. That's my favorite part, cleaning up. It is. <laughs> but you're a clean guy. Yep. You know, you're actually better than I am when you take your dishes into the kitchen. You rinse them off. I almost don't have to wash them. <laughs> so I'm not complaining about that at all. So, no, but I, I, I usually don't even let the girls, when they come over for prayer breakfast and or the leadership meeting, they're like, want me to stay around and help you? I'm like, no, that's my favorite part. And they look at me like, there's something wrong with you. But, yes, yeah, I like cleaning up. Yeah, you, you know, and, and I think Harold brought up something that's important. I, I think if we allow ourselves to be put under pressure, and, again, this whole sense of we're performing for, for our guests, whoever's there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and maybe this is just the way my mind works, but I figure if people are coming to my house and they don't like me already, why worry about them? There's no pressure. They, they, what do you mean they don't like you? I said, well, you know, if I have to perform for them or oh, something. Okay. So, uh-huh. so we, we don't have to entertain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is here. He's the center of our fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're early people. So uh, our, our Thanksgiving dinner, we, we're, everybody, we're going to eat at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that gives me time for a turkey sandwich. Later. <laughs> so that's the whole reason. It's got to be at 2. can't be later than 2 because at 7 or so I'm going to have a turkey sandwich. <laughs> So, yeah, here's some pressure. Here's my pressure. 
every year is okay. Lord, you know who's coming. Okay, that's good. Okay, but make sure we have plenty of food. Nobody gets sick. And, Lord, I got four dozen rolls. Don't let me burn all four dozen. (laughs) (laughs) That's my pressure right there, that one thing of burning up all the rolls. Because, you know, once they're in the oven and I get distracted, what's that smell? (laughs) There's smoke. Oh, so, yeah. I can't imagine you getting distracted. (laughs) Lightning's going straight. We actually actually have come to the conclusion that if the rolls aren't burnt, somebody else fixed them. Oh, now it's not been that bad, right? (laughs) Come on, man. Carol, thank you. God bless you, you. and congratulations on you and your wife, 45 years. I think um, um, your love for one another is is evident, overwhelmingly so by now. Yeah. Okay, Paul? That's cute. But you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. It's like, what? Because God wants to show off for us. And for those, and this just came to my mind, for those who are struggling right now with this season, you know, God knows and knew before the foundation of the earth that this is where you would be at this time. And the people in your, the rest of the people in your family, your friends, your neighborhood, they're looking to you to see how are you going to respond. Who do you instantly think of when, when you read verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? Oh, this is a trick question, right? Because no. I should know this. Um, I don't know. Mordecai. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, Haman was trying to kill yes, him. Yes, that's true. Okay, And, and God set it up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's what's happening. You know, Lord, you, you're, you're preparing a feast just for me, and all my enemies are forced to look. Mm-hmm. And I think of Haman trying to kill Mordecai. What should be done for the man? And, and Haman says, well, he should be this, and he should be that. And, and so, you're right. Make sure that Mordecai <laughs> the Jew yeah. gets all of that treatment. And then Haman, of course, was... Um, mortified mm-hmm. uh, as he had to honor Mordecai. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that verse because the, the people that um, push the hardest are the ones who also have to watch your joy as you grow in your walk with yeah. the Lord. Yeah, It says that you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. And we know that um, like in uh, Psalm sixteen eleven, where it says, "In your presence is fullness of joy." And so, you prepare a, pre, a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. But because I'm going to make myself in the presence of you, Lord, the oil of joy will show, and um, yeah, people will be. There's so many. The heroes for me have been those who have been going through things, and you don't even know it until later, and it's like. Wow, I would have never known. You know, like Judy Bush, who was on our worship team, she has so many health issues, and yet one of the most joyous people you ever want to meet. And then the she, in- she has the gift of smile. Yeah. Um, everybody that talks to Judy ends up smiling. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we miss her so much mm-hmm. since they had to move mm-hmm. and out of state and, and all, but. Uh, we've got a lot of people like that. Just they've got the gift of joy, and and that joy is contagious. Judy had the dumbest laugh. I mean, it was a great laugh. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. with and and she was one of those people who cracked herself up. She would say something that wasn't funny, didn't make sense, mm-hmm. so kind of seemed awkward and out of place, <laughs> and then she would just laugh at herself mm-hmm. so much because yeah. she thought it was great, uh-huh. and other people started laughing. But <laughs> but it was just the joy of the Lord that came oozing from her. Really, her cup overflowed and. And and we have been blessed with so many like that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people are going through um, seasonal blues. Um, they miss out on being blessed by those people whose cup is overflowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judy did uh, one of the sweet de- summer devotions for us at one time. And to hear how she was raised, I mean, you would have never thought. I mean, you know, I thought my upbringing was pretty rough, but I think Judy's was every bit, if not a little bit worse. She had, it was bad parenting and bad treatment on her, and, and to see her come through and be the kind of mom and grandma that she is, and just a lover, she let Jesus take over, so it was and, awesome. And that doesn't include the health issues and stuff that That's she right. struggled with, That's right. and yet she feel, always looks 
outwardly like she's so full of energy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so the last verse says, "Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever." And so that's the perspective, you know. Jesus, you're always coming after me with your goodness and your unfailing love, pursuing me all the days of my life, even when I may go the wrong way. You're right there to say, "No, come back, come back this way, baby." Come back this way. And to keep pursuing, never, never quit, because you will live in the house of the Lord forever. And in last night's message, you were talking about, you know, things may be tough now not to give up, but that our enemies, those oppressors who hate us, will one day provide for us, and they will they will bow down, not only to say Jesus is who he said he was, but they will see us and say, you were right. Ooh, I can't wait. You know, because I want to be right. <laughs> I love being right. That's <laughs> just pride right yeah, there. But, but, ooh, but, yeah. but the good thing about that is, is when that day happens, you won't care about being right anymore. That's exactly right. You know, because yeah. you'll be like Jesus. Yeah. You have your glorified, resurrected mm-hmm. body. And, and it won't matter that you were right. Um, but the, that, and that's truly the greatest vindication of the work God has done. Uh, when enemies come, you know, when the, those who were formerly oppressors and enemies become builders in the millennial kingdom mm-hmm. and they become uh, uh, suppliers of all that we need to, to see the glorious millennial temple and, and, and then to see the, the gardens planted and, and, and just see these people who hated God. Um, the reference last night to, to, to Sheba, uh, Sheba, is modern-day Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, the Saudis have... have. Um, I mean, anti-Semitism is, is in their DNA. And they hate Israel. Mm-hmm. They always have. And um, they're going to be the ones to bring their wealth. Now, we know the wealth that exists in, the, in Saudi Arabia. And, and that wealth is going to be spilled out for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I just, just amazing things. I think of Kuwait, uh, also mentioned in the study mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuwait, um, at one time in, in, on, on the earth, I don't know if it's still true, but they had the highest percentage of millionaires among the people uh, in the world. And, and that wealth is going to be given to mm-hmm. the people of God. The people of God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and mm-hmm. Moses, Moses, and David. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you and me. Well, we're not going to need the wealth because we'll have Jesus' we'll body. Yeah, we'll have Jesus. We don't need light either, huh? Sun or moon, because he'll be the light. He'll be the light. I told church last night, I don't like dark. Yeah, I know. I've never liked dark. I know, baby. And, and I, don't, I also don't like artificial light. Yeah. So, like, the millennium in heaven is perfect <laughs> for me because it's always going to be light. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the most, but, but, but it's not artificial light. It's a light that comes from Jesus himself. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time here, Paula. What do you got for your last couple of moments here? Mm. Well, in verse 5 from last night, I just like this note that I took. It says, you will look radiant because you will be radiant. Though you are beaten down and worn out, <clears throat> you will be radiant. Um, I like that. You said that God doesn't bring us here to look happy, but to be filled with joy. We can still be filled with joy even when we're not happy, when things aren't going the way we want them to. And so Jesus, this is almost going back to the beginning. Um, Jesus lives in us so that all can see that he is living in us. So please get up, let your light so shine and, uh, be thankful. I, I hope one of the things that people got from last night's study, Paula, is that it's 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 not enough, and, and too often we're satisfied with looking good, yeah. looking spiritual. Yeah. And 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 it's it's not enough. Um, the the idea that you will look radiant because you will be radiant. I think that's something we have to remember. And I think um, um, giving thanks to the Lord no matter the time of year, no matter what you're going through, because we understand that I have everything that I need. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it makes us into those Christians 
that are genuinely following the Lord with all of our hearts. You know, the fake it till you make it um, method of Christianity just never works. Um, It's not like, well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our life has to be in that place where everybody can see our joy because it's real. I love the way he said that uh, um, in the study last night. He said, you will look radiant and you will be radiant. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. distinction between those two things is really important. Well, Paula, we're now well well inside a minute and a half or so. Um, What do you want to share for the last... One one more thing. When you are in Philippians 6, where we, you know, uh, Philemon 6, where you say, be active in sharing your faith. Be a walking billboard for Jesus. I love that. And then you said, you don't have to be in a bad mood, surly or without hope. So be a walking billboard for Jesus. That's kind of a, one of those clicks where you're in the car going to, my second ministry is H-E-B. You know? <laughs> so I'm in the car going to H-E-B today. And it's like, Lord, I'm grateful that I can go in here and, and buy some things. But Lord, I want to go in here as a walking billboard. So if anybody needs to see the light of Christ, that they would be drawn to you. Um, and so to be aware, to be a walking billboard for Jesus. People need to see God's glory resting on us. We just need to proclaim Jesus. And it's not the Christmas spirit, you know. There's a man and a little girl in the cart behind me, and they bought some yogurt, and I don't buy yogurt anymore. So I had a $2 coupon off for anything, any for yogurt. And he was so thankful. The little girl was too. That was Jesus. <laughs> We have come to the end of the program. Paula, thanks for being here today. You've been listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back here on AM 630 The Word tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.